Hey, y'all, and a good old welcome to you. This here's Connected, episode 397. It's made possible by those yonder sponsor folk, Bombus, Indeed, NetSuite. You all know I'm Stephen Hackett, and I'm more tickled than a preacher on Sunday to introduce you to my big city friend, Michael Hurley. Is this the Disney version of this show? Is that what's happened now? Is this like a like a like a church event or NASCAR or? It sounds a like wrestling? a prospector to me. W- what is it? What's like the, the person context? who like who pans for gold? You seen Toy Story two? Oh, years ago. Well, the the you know, like in Woody's Roundup, there's the guy like the evil guy. Spoilers for Toy Story two. <laughs> I uh, he, <laughs> he's like the old prospector. You know, he lives in the town and he pans for gold and. Yeah, you know, we we had a lot of comments about people liking Federico's intro yeah. last week in Italian, and so that I thought I would do one as a Tennessean. That's really ah, good. I see. I see what a prospector is. Okay. Yeah, and I am. That was very good. Honored to introduce to the show Federico Vitici. Hi, Federico. Hello. Hello. Hi. I'm sorry that you did not get the uh, Disneyfied version of the intro from me. Well, I don't know. Can you do a Southern accent? I guess. And here he is. <laughs> no, it's really... T- no, no. Here he is, Federico Vitici. Yes, okay. That works for me. Yeah. Wow. That does it for me. Thank you. Thank you. Let's start with some follow-up. And Mike, Apple has made changes to their trade-in program. Tell us about this big move. Over the last couple of weeks, I've been really upset about trade-in values for Apple products. I don't think they do a good enough job. They don't, they're not competitive enough on pricing, and that usually you can find better deals outside. So Apple have addressed this by offering less money for their trade-ins now. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is the, in the United States at the moment, uh, they have significantly reduced the amount of money they will pay you for all products except iPhones. So Macs and iPads and Apple Watches. For example, a MacBook Pro, the previous trading value was $1,350 and now it's $1,000. So big, big differences. Can you read the Mac Pro values for us? Yes. So previously, the Mac Pro, you would get up to $2,720 for. <laughs> now, I'm assuming this is for um, the what current Mac Pro, I'm, I'm going to assume. Yes. Hmm? So to confirm this, I went through the process with my old Mac Pro serial number. Yep. And they offered me this amount. <laughs> it was insulting. $2,720. It's now $2,000. So oh, $720. Uh, Apple Watch Series 2, no longer available for trading. Mm. So, I don't know what they're doing, man. It's uh, There's other options, as we discussed, right? Mm-hmm. This is the part of the show where we talk about whatever Quinn Nelson did this week. Oh, this is now a regular segment. Quinn Talk, I like Quint- it. Yeah. Quinn Talk. The Quintessentials. Where we oh, are. wow. Wow. I, I'm definitely coming up with jokes that Quinn's never heard before. Yeah, no one's ever heard any of these. Mm-hmm. So as promised, he repaired a iPhone 12 mini. You can go watch the video. Great he did video. the screen and the battery. And I really like the video because he not only talks about the process, but he talks about the tooling because he rented the whole, you know, whatever it is, uh, 97 pounds of tooling. And uh, it's like there's a thing that heats your phone up. There's like a thing to roll the battery adhesive down, all of these different things. And he talks about yeah, some are really useful and others like you don't really need necessarily. But mm-hmm. a really in-depth look at it. So if you haven't watched somebody repair an iPhone before, it was definitely eye-opening to me uh, about the process. And 
really what I sort of walked away thinking is that you may be able to repair these phones now, but don't think that Apple designed them from the ground up for easy repair. No. Right? And it may be that moving forward, some of that changes. It's something I'm really looking forward to. Probably not this year, but maybe the next time they like really do an iPhone redesign. Is it easier to repair them or is it always going to be this difficult? My guess is we're not going to see massive changes there, but at least with the 12 and 13, which, you know, their designs predate this program by a long time. uh, It was definitely not thought that just like some dude in Utah with a beard was going to repair an iPhone on camera. The thing I was most surprised about from this video is once Quinn has successfully completed the repair, he had to call somebody at AppleCare to authenticate the repair via a diagnostics program. You call somebody at Spot, the company that manages it. You don't even call AppleCare. Oh, okay. So, and then they have to go through this diagnostics program to actually yeah. say, yes, you have a genuine display, which I was very surprised about that part. Seems like a real nightmare, honestly. It, it is. It is definitely, again, like not super user-friendly, even though it's user-possible. And if you're in the Apple Store and you're a genius, and you do 12 of these a day, that system is just like how you do it, right? It's in store, you're not calling somebody, but they had to figure out a way to externalize some of those tools, and clearly some of them uh, are a a bit more tedious than others. Uh, Steven, there's uh, some blankets for you. Throw boy. Okay. I've made blankets, and I just feel like they're they're very you, these blankets, all of them. Yeah, there's one that's a big finder face. Yep. And an iMac G3 one. Yep. With some colors that the iMac never came in. And then I think the best one, the nanochromatic ad with the the melty yep. iPod nanos. Yep. Are you going to buy any of these? No. Really? Yeah. I'm genuinely surprised. So I have a nerdy blanket. I have one from Susan Care that has all of her icons. And like, mm-hmm. how many nerdy blankets does one guy need? I mean, loads. It's not like Mary's going to let me put a finder blanket on the bed, so it's going to be well, stuck out I'm here not, with me. Yeah, I'm expecting that they would stay in the cabin. I, I can't imagine these things finding their way uh, into the home. No. I don't oh, think... I'm surprised. Yeah. Big finder face. You could, like, roll around in it. <laughs> Who doesn't want to do that, really? Mm-hmm. Uh, I would like to point everybody to the current source of investigative reporting in the Apple landscape, uh, the Pen Addict podcast. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Tipa Tech Meme. Yeah. Genuinely, the answer to this is yes. So you may have seen on all of the Apple blogs lighting up uh, over the last few days about Johnny Ives' um, 12 Tools of the Trade in the Financial Times. All right, so you've probably seen this article. I'm going to assume you've both seen at least something along the lines of this where it's like, here's 12 things, and most people have been dunking on how expensive the tape measure is, as Stephen mentioned. Uh, I was pretty disappointed that they just reference the pen in this article as just like Monte Grappa fountain pen from vintage Monte Grappa fountain pen from Johnny Ives collection with no information about it. Yeah, it's like saying headphones. Like, yes. sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially because they have an image of a pen in the article, which isn't one to grab a fountain pen, which is not a vintage pen. It's a modern pen. So, Brad, 
contacted the CEO of Montegrappa and got the answer about which pen it, it, that Johnny uses. How do they know? Because the CEO of Montegrappa is a personal friend of Johnny Ive. Of course he is. Ah. Which is what we have found out. I recommend people go and listen to episode 513 of The Pen Addict. The conversation starts at 23 minutes, so you don't have to listen to all the other nonsense that you definitely don't want to hear about. But it was a fascinating email that we got to share from the CEO of Montegrappa about this pen and about the relationship this guy has with Johnny Ive. Uh, it was really cool, and I just wanted to share it because I, I genuinely think listeners of this show might enjoy that conversation. I cannot believe the amount of information we got. The Johnny Ive pen is like $5,000, right? Yes. 4700 Yeah, okay. But you can get cheaper versions of it. He just went with a very specific... I can relate. You know, you want something very specific that is yep. made in limited quantities. It costs a lot of money, so... Yep. I honestly thought it was more funny um, with the with the five hundred and thirty dollars uh, measuring tape. Like yeah. I found that very funny because I don't know. I I, I guess a limited edition vintage pen that costs five thousand dollars. I mean, obviously it's for the super rich, uh-huh. or maybe just you know you're a collector and you've been saving. That's fine. Yeah. But the five hundred dollar measuring tape it just makes me chuckle. I don't know what it's just it's it's something so trivial. You know, like it's measuring tape. Yeah, but like I said, I was I've, I've been thinking about this. Like I I know it's funny, but he's a multimillionaire. Like yeah, yeah it's exactly. You know? like, yeah, like if I was Johnny Ive, everything I own would be over five hundred dollars. Like I wouldn't buy it. If I was Johnny Ive, everything I own would be gold plated. You know, I want to be that guy. Like you know, we are all very like particular people, right? And yeah. there are things that we enjoy and we like particulars of those things and try and find the best that we can for the prices that we can afford in these categories imagine if we had johnny ive money and johnny ive levels of particularness you know what i mean yeah we would the three of us would be unstoppable at that level <laughs> that would be our ultimate form i think that is johnny johnny ive is my ultimate form yes mm, right wow. like the, the ultimate form that i could ever wish to uh aspire to be is, is probably Johnny Ive. Johnny Ive, yeah. Mm-hmm. As Chance points out in the Discord, it makes the Pro Display XDR price tag really interesting. <laughs> it's like, pen, Pro Display XDR. Pen. I mean, if you think about it, if you think about it, the Pro Display XDR can only sh- display things from a computer. With a pen, you can draw anything you want. All right, spoilers. Spoilers for the pen addict. Seriously, go listen to it, but it's just interesting for this conversation. The pen in question is made from tusk of a mammoth mammoth like the extinct animal yeah wait what wow seriously nah that can't be true it is a considered ethically sourced replacement because for elephant elephant. tusks yeah yeah it's already dead it died in the ice age so it's fine (laughs) to use its face for a pen (laughs) correct good Someone in the Discord said, poor mammoth. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they just took it straight off the mammoth, you know what I mean? It's mean, really, when you think about it. <laughs> but yeah, straight up. Maybe if he does like wow. a special edition Apple Watch, it'll be mammoth. Mm-hmm. I bet so that's a great this, material. So this is for real. It's from the task of a mammoth. Yeah, man. What a power move. Right. That's, uh, that's. I mean, that's a power move, yeah. You can buy it. It's available to you. Do you think I can find headphones where the body of the headphones is made of bones from a t-rex 
I mean, probably. Do you want to read? Do you want me to read to you about mammoth, either, uh, mammoth ivory? Yes, please do. Cured by nature for more than 70,000 years, <laughs> ancient mammoth ivory features a rich organic grain and a handle echoing epochs predating humankind. Yeah. Found above the Arctic Circle in the Siberian permafrost, this rare material is ethically sourced and carries its own certificate of origin. That's incredible. Mammoth ivory, baby. See, Johnny Ive gets it. Incredible. Go listen to the pen addict. If you don't want to spend $5,000 on a pen, but maybe you want to spend a little money on a cool t-shirt, now's your last chance. The 512 shirt sale ends uh, May 12th, tomorrow, as we record this. I would like to congratulate you mm-hmm. for beating the sales numbers of the Tiny Heads team. Oh, I'm, I'm glad we finally passed that, passed that uh-huh. milestone. So congratulations to you. Thank you. You've currently sold uh, like 40 more or something. Okay. Awesome. Yeah, I'm really excited how, how well it's gone. So thank you if you've ordered one. If you haven't, there's a link in the show notes. To get it before it's gone forever. That's what I'm saying. Whoa. That's what I'm saying. Forever, forever? Yeah, I don't like you to sure? bring shirts back. I'm not digging up woolly mammoths of t-shirt ideas. You know, they're you should, though. fresh and clean or something. Hmm. I mean, you did that for Connected. You, we brought back a t-shirt design. So what? Like, your designs are too good? Y- yeah, but the Technology Should Be Colorful shirt is the best podcast t-shirt any show has ever done. Ah, fair enough. So that, that one I feel is a little bit different, but I wouldn't repeat, like, the iMac yep. Connected shirt or the mm-hmm. Tiny Heads you know, no one will repeat the tiny heads because no. it's not deserved. <laughs> You're so mad about it. Still, I'm wearing it today. <laughs> I'm wearing the gray one today. This episode of Connected is brought to you by Bombus. Bombus mission is simple: make the most comfortable clothes ever and match every item sold with an equal item donated. So when you buy Bombus, you are also giving to someone in need. Bombus designed their socks, shirts, and underwear to be the clothes you can't wait to put on every day. Everything they make is soft, seamless, tagless, and has a luxuriously cozy feel. They're made from super soft materials, which makes them the perfect cozy winter layers. Or if it's like you're here and you're in Tennessee and it's starting to get hot, Bombas socks are great in the summer as well. I wear them year-round. And there's a pair of socks for everything that you do. There's tons of options, like comfy performance styles for every sport and activity that keeps you moving. Bombas t-shirts are made with thoughtful design features like invisible seams, soft fabrics, and the perfect weight so they hang just right. Bombas underwear has a barely there feel that might make you forget they're even there in a good way. Did you know that socks, underwear, and t-shirts are the three most requested clothing items at homeless shelters? That's why Bombas donates one for every item you buy. Go to bombas.com connected and get 20% off your first purchase that's B O M B A S, bombas.com slash connected for 20% off. Our thanks to Bombas for their support of the show and Relay FM. We got news this week of a, a fallen friend, the iPod Touch. A death in the family. <laughs> death in the family. The iPod Touch is officially discontinued. Not that you would know it from reading Apple's weird, Weirdo <laughs> Press release. <laughs> Can I read the press release? Please. Shall I leave out the headings? Yes. Yeah, just read the text. 
Alright, I'm gonna read and see if you could guess. Forget, put it out of your mind. What am I talking about? Since its introduction over 20 years ago, iPod has captivated users all over the world who love the ability to take their music with them on the go. Today, the experience of taking one's music library out in the world, that's terribly written actually, has been integrated across Apple's product line from iPhone and Apple Watch to iPad and Mac, along with access to more than 90 million songs and over 30,000 playlists available via Apple Music. Quote, music has always been part of our core at Apple, and bringing it to hundreds of millions of users in the way iPod did impacted more than just the music industry. It also redefined how music is discovered, listened to, and shared, said Greg, jo- Greg Joswiak, Apple's senior vice president of worldwide marketing. Today, the spirit of iPod lives on. We've integrated an incredible music experience across all of our products, from the iPhone to the Apple Watch to HomePod Mini and across Mac, iPad, and Apple TV. And Apple Music. Music delivers industry-leading sound quality with support for spatial audio. There's no better way to enjoy, discover, and experience music. I'm sure, Stephen, that your uh, journalism school background doesn't like that they started a sentence with and. It's it's just a poorly written piece of work. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. Among the incredible ways to enjoy music across a range of devices, including a wide variety of models from the new iPhone SE to the latest iPhone 13 Pro Max, iPhone is the best device for streaming Apple Music or storing an entire music library on the go. Apple Watch and AirPods are the perfect companion, allowing users to access over 90 million songs right from their wrists, starting at prices iPad starts at prices, comes with a more powerful chip, larger display, and the latest iPad OS features. And for the best way to enjoy music at home, HomePod Mini is just $99. And then at the very, very bottom, very under some images, customers can purchase iPod Touch through Apple.com, Apple Store locations, and Apple authorized resellers while supplies last. Mm-hmm. So the actual announcement is three words at the very end of this odd post. It's mm-hmm. while supplies last. It's so weird. Yeah. And it's the subhead at the top that he skipped, but it is, mm-hmm. yeah, it's super strange. I will say that even this morning, there was a thing on Mac Rumors that a bunch of iPod Touch SKUs are already sold out. Most of the higher capacity ones are already gone. Who knows how many of those actually were? Remember, the HomePod was uh, on sale while supplies last for months. Like <laughs> you get. It was either the white or the black one sold out pretty quickly, and the other one was around for a while. But if you want one of these, um, you probably ought to jump on it. I remember when this first came out. I mean, it was the fall of 07. You know, the iPhone had been out in the U.S. since the end of June. Just very quickly, iPhone OS suddenly was on this other device that was, like, way thinner and way lighter. It was kind of the iPhone without a phone, but for a lot of people, I think including you, Mike, it was your introduction to iPhone OS because this came out mm-hmm. ahead of the iPhone in a lot of regions. Yeah, I had an iPod Touch way before I had an iPhone. I was so excited about it because we just got it later. Yeah, we didn't get the original iPhone in Italy. I mean, you could have gotten one, which I did a year later, uh, but mm-hmm. you needed to import one from the US and unlock it using the early jailbreaking tools. And I did in 2008, but in the fall of 2007, I got an iPod Touch, and that was my first uh, iOS device. But I mean, it's been let's I mean let's face it, it's been I don't want to say useless, but it hasn't really mattered for years now, right? In, if anything, it's they should have killed it earlier, I think. 
I think I think so too. I mean, for a while there, it was like exactly what it was for the two of y'all. It was a stopgap while the iPhone could get big and get sort of international, get everywhere. You know, in those early days, they revised it a bunch. They added cameras. Uh, they had uh, like the third or fourth generation. Uh, somewhere in there, there was like a, an ad campaign called the funnest iPod ever, where they talked, they talked about like on stage, Phil Schiller's like, it's the most popular portable gaming platform in the world. It's like, eh, yes, but also sure. no, not really. <laughs> um, you know, one came with a wrist strap because, you know, things need wrist straps, I guess. But then to your point, Federico, it, it became less important and it kind of entered this like downward cycle of, it's not really important to the market because the iPhone has been around a long time. They're more accessible. You can pick up an old one or have one passed down to you from a family member. The iPad shows up and its pricing, you know, enters sort of the iPod touch space a little bit. There's some overlap there in that pricing. And so the demand shrank and then Apple didn't update it. And they, they really let it fall further and further behind. I mean, the iPod Touch that's going away now has an A10 Fusion chip in it. Like, it's an old system on a chip. Mm. And that meant that it also didn't sell very well because it was old tech. It had a small screen. And, like, it was kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy really over the last several years, years I think, that the iPod Touch was going to be going away. I mean, I guess the thing... This is obviously this press release is about the iPod Touch and the conversation is around the iPod Touch because that was the last iPod to exist now. But is this also the end of the iPod then? Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. that's the expectation. There will be no more iPod products. But do we think that that is it? Like that they would never do a iPod product? I mean, you know me. I think they should do one. But I, I don't think they will. I think they just see Apple Music and services as the thing you can now use to listen to, uh, whether you have an iPhone or a HomePod or a Mac. I don't think they want to do a music-focused device. They just want to do services, and services run everywhere. So if the point of a service is to let you subscribe and run it everywhere, what's the point of having a dedicated device just for the service? What about the name, though? Could you use the name for something else? I don't know. I think it'd be a bit too soon and kind of strange, right? Because, like, it's one thing to say iBook and then became iBooks with the iPad. But iPod as such a brand recognition, right? And you've been selling iPods until a few years ago. So I don't know. Yeah, I think if it ever came back, it would have to be music hardware, right? Like, I don't think you can name... I mean, it'd be a bad name for it, but I don't think you can name like the AR headset iPod, right? Like I think right. uh, to Federico's point, it's so tightly tied with Apple's music business. And it's been around for 20 years. I mean, the first iPod was in the fall of 2001. iBook didn't live that long. It didn't really have that sort of cachet. Even MacBook, which they've rebooted, you know, uh, with the that thin one-port MacBook for a few years, bringing back a name from the mid-2000s. Like, iPod is just like, it's not on par with the iPhone in terms of branding because the iPhone is just eons bigger, but it may be the second biggest brand they've had, at least in terms of, like, devices. And I think that it, that means it's really special. And if they were to use it in a way that was dishonoring to that history, I think people would 
would really not like that. And I don't think Apple would do it. I think if they ever brought it back, it would be like Federico's mythical high-end Apple Music player. Yes. Yes, they should do that, but they won't. Yeah, they won't. They should, but they won't. Cowards. Mm. <laughs> it doesn't... I was going to say it doesn't fit with Apple Music, but it does, right? Because Apple Music obviously has lossless. So they, they could make a high-end music player, but I think maybe they would make... I mean, okay, so what would this do that an iPhone doesn't do then? That's the point of it, is that it doesn't do much of what the iPhone does. No, no, I mean this this, this mythical iPod, like this high-end music player. What would it do, Federico? Well, the thing is, if you were to do, like, the question is, why are people buying those kinds of devices, you know, audio files? Why are they buying desktop decks and that kind of stuff? I.O., it, right is one of the one of the answers there like you want to have multiple output options whether it's you know different sizes of the audio jack cable or you want right. to have optical out and you want to connect the thing to speakers or you know to an amplifier or things like that uh, and you got the, the balanced other, one right like the no yeah exactly yeah. like you could have you could have a balanced output you could have standard output you could have a bunch of you know uh, to make it fit into different setups but also the thing would be real support for high impedance headphones and real support for not just high impedance but really really power hungry headphones um because for example the macbook pro the new macbook pro has an audio jack that in theory supports uh high impedance headphones and it does but if you have a pair of headphones that wants a ton of power to be driven at a comfortable volume level, those are still not going to work with the MacBook Pro. Like my Hi-Fi Man Susvara, they just sound too low if I try to run them from a MacBook Pro. Hmm. But other, you know, mid, sort of mid, like high-end, but headphones that do not require as much power as something like the Susvara, which is a really high-end option, I can drive with my MacBook Pro, but the DAC doesn't sound as good as my dedicated desktop deck and by sound as good in practice it means on this specific song in this specific moment you can hear this instrument in a particular way like that's what it comes down to so but the question is why would apple care about such a niche market right uh they have their own uh, they can say they support lossless and high-res lossless they can do the bare minimum work with the macbook pro to have an audio jack that supports some high impedance headphones and that's fine uh if anything, I could see the iPod coming back as the name of their new home speakers. But HomePod is a better name. Yeah, yeah, probably. I had the same thought a minute ago. That's kind of where I was leading. And then when I sat and thought about it, it was like, oh, no, they actually do already have the right name. <laughs> and it's because the, the likelihood of that product is something which is... And the rumor is it's like an integration of basically a HomePod and an Apple TV, like in mm -hmm. in one in one box, yeah. um, like a kind of a sound bar or something like that. Um, and then maybe they would put a screen on something else. I don't know, but I think HomePod was already the right name, um, yeah. which might have been. I was I, I've been thinking about this too. It might have been part of the reason they got rid of the big HomePod. It's like all right, we need to we need to get rid of this now so we can reuse that name again later on there is just a sadness to me in losing the ipod you know like yeah man like like a lot i mean i'm assuming probably similar for i'm assuming for all of us that the ipod was the first and ipod was our first apple product that we personally owned it was for me was it the same for you too i mean yeah 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 my history is a little tricky i mean 
if you count that as like the first thing I bought with my own money, then I guess yes. But I had like basically full use of a of a power book from a job, my high school job, and that you know I took I took that machine to school with me. It was basically they gave it to me. But the first product of of my own money that you know went down on the table at the Apple Store was for an iPod and. Even if it wasn't, I think a lot of people are about our age, it was definitely the first like really personal technology product we owned. Right. Like I had my power book and it went with me a lot of places. My iPod went with me everywhere. It was always in my pocket. I always had those headphones wrapped around it. It was my companion through so much of high school and especially college, right? And it, the and they were like universal, right? Like it was a uh, a real phenomenon, at least at least where I went to school, that you saw those white earbuds going into everyone's jacket pocket or or backpack or whatever, and it was a real cultural thing that we all got to take a part of, you know. Yeah, mine was a pink Apple Mini. It was my first Apple device. Yeah, I think with my own money, yeah, I think it was actually the iPod. It was the, the fifth-gen iPod Classic. Well, mm, no, it wasn't with my own money, though. Uh, with my own money, it was actually the MacBook Pro in 2008. I don't know if it necessarily needs to be of your own money. like that. But that was my, with or without it being my own money, the iPod was my first Apple product, the iPod Well, mini. then, yeah, then, yeah. Uh, iPod Classic, fifth-gen, was my first Apple product. Was that... What one was the fifth gen? The iPod Video, the white iPod Video. Yeah, I got, I had a video too, man. I loved yeah. that thing. Yeah. That's what that's what me and Steven are very slowly rebuilding is an iPod Video. Yeah, yeah we we need to get back to that. Yeah, we're gonna. My the first iPod I used was a a third generation, which had the red buttons like and the separate wheel underneath. I hated that one. <laughs> this is not, yeah. <laughs> Most people do. I loved it because I think it was the first one I used, and that one was actually yeah kind of a gift but i in college traded it in and got a uh the 5.5 gen so that fifth gen they had a mid-cycle revision the the biggest thing i know it added was when you removed the headphones it would pause the music automatically so good fantastic feature and i had one of those in black and i used that ipod i still have it but i used it i mean from like 2005 probably Probably up through maybe like the iPhone like 3GS or iPhone 4 maybe sometime in there because uh, streaming wasn't really, really a thing and the iPod could hold so much more music than a phone. I sort of had my core music on my phone, but then my iPod, you know, had my entire library with me and I carried both for a long time. This episode of Connected is brought to you by Indeed. There are no winners when you play the waiting game. When it comes to hiring, don't wait for great talent to find you. They're not just going to wander in off the street. You got to find them first with Indeed. When you're hiring, you need to be using Indeed. It's the hiring platform where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring partner that can help you do it all. Find great talent faster with time-saving tools like Indeed Instant Match, assessments, and virtual interviews. With Instant Match, over 80% of employers get quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match the job description the moment they sponsor a job, according to Indeed data, 
here in the U.S. Instant Match really is incredible. Candidates you invite to apply through Instant Match are three times more likely to apply for your job than candidates who only see it in search, according to U.S. Indeed data. And as soon as you sponsor a post, you'll get that short list of quality candidates and you can invite them to apply right away. Even better, Indeed's the only job site where you pay for applications that meet your must-have requirements. Indeed is an unbelievably powerful hiring partner, delivering four times more hires than all other job sites combined, according to Talent Nest in 2019. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. So start hiring right now with a free $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com connected. Offer is good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com connected. That's I-N-D-E-E-D.com connected. Terms and conditions apply. Pay per qualified applicant is not available for all users. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Our thanks to Indeed for the support of the show and Relay FM. All right, so we have a whole show planned out, but I have an idea. I want to see if you two are interested. Shall we do an iPod tier list? Oh, wow. Yes. Yep. Yes. <laughs> I've never done a tier list before. Okay, so Jason in the chat has sent a tier list template from Tier Maker. I think this has every it has a lot of the major iPods. No iPod touches in here. So maybe we will want to add those in ourselves. Yeah. Uh, is that rather than I don't want to do every iPod. And I also don't want to do just the like the iPod categories because like nanos are very different, for example. Yeah, I feel like this is a good representation of the lineup. And I'd say that we could just mainly call some iPod touches at the end if we want to. Okay. All right. So let's how are we gonna do this? Uh I've shared my screen with y'all. Okay. So you'll be able to see it. And I will put a screenshot of our completed tier list in the show notes. I guess mm-hmm. don't click it if you don't want spoilers. What if, what What's first up then? We're going to talk this through very clearly so you'll understand what we're talking about. What is the first one that we're going to rank? And can you, from a, like, we rank them S is top, right? A, yes. B, C, and then we've got U in here, which is weird. U, David. Yeah, that's yeah. the last one. <laughs> that's good. That's good. That's good. Should we change that to D? Yeah. <laughs> that's 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 fine. To D tier? Oh, you want to change, keep U tier. All right, fair U enough. U tier is good. Uh, All right. Although the okay, so the first iPod up is the first iPod. So this came out in original iPod, the original iPod in two thousand and one. Five gigabytes, thousand songs in your pocket. This iPod has a FireWire four hundred port on the top, and the the wheel in the middle actually physically spun. The second generation made it like a touch sensitive surface, but this mm-hmm. one actually physically spins like a DJ turntable. What do y'all think? This is comp. This is this might be the hardest one. <laughs> yeah, because on the one hand, you would give it like honorary S tier, but yeah. also it kind of sucks by modern it's functional standards. D tier, <laughs> right? Yeah, <laughs> right. So like, we're, <laughs> this is hard. This is really hard. I mean, FireWire and five gigabytes and the click wheel like physically spins. Uh, ah. Yeah. Yep. And but, it's a monochrome display. Did it even have a backlight? It did, yes. Okay. But it's the original iPod, so I really don't think you can go lower than A tier, you know? I, I agree. All right, okay. Uh, just just for argument's sake, I probably would have said C, 
but see we're gonna do oh, this on, what... on majority voting okay I, the I reason think... is like i i'm thinking about this like okay this is complicated because it's like i can think what's the ipod i would want to use and this is the one i would probably least want to use maybe with one exception that we'll get to later on <laughs> but I, I think the emotion of it though pulls it higher i agree with yeah. federico i think it's mostly uh, this one in particular is a, a, an emotional a tier for me I will agree with you, two of you. Not that it matters, but I will agree with you both. Uh, up next, we have the third generation iPod. This was my first iPod. It's the first one with the dock connector. So no like janky firewire port on the top of it. It has a touch-sensitive wheel, but this is before they put the controls on the wheel. So it has uh, back, forward, play, pause, and menu as touch sensitive buttons. This all recessed into the plastic, and the buttons lit up red, and the screen had like a nice kind of light blue backlight. Uh, it came in several configurations over the years. I want to say mine was a 30 gig maybe, but they had smaller and larger capacities. I think this is a C tier at best. Yeah, it's either high, low B tier or C tier. Yeah, I don't disagree. iPod, thir- let me see, iPod third gen. This has some good stuff like the touch sensitive wheel and the touch sensitive buttons. But every other classic iPod that will come next has to be better than this one, in my opinion. Yeah. And I don't mm. know how many we can really shove into S or A. Okay. Right? Like, so let's go C. That works for me as a C tier. Because okay. it's not a bad iPod, right? But it's like... It's not you, iPod. Functionally. You know? But... Yeah. I don't think this one can get that emotion part that the A got for everyone, you know? Up next, we have the iPod Photo. This came out in the fall of 2004. It was the first iPod with a color screen. This was a separate iPod above the iPod fourth generation in the line. So you could get the regular iPod or you spent more like my college roommate did. He had an iPod Photo. I think his was 60 gigs. It was a thick, chunky iPod, but you could sync your photos to it. And it was... So cool to me that he had not only his entire music library, but his entire iPhoto library with him. Eventually, uh, later in 05, they would merge these things back together and uh, sort of separate standalone iPod photo went away. Mm -hmm. But it stood alone for a little while as as a high-end option. Strong B tier. Uh, this is A tier for me. Oh, A tier. Uh, I mean, it's the iPod Photo. You know what? Actually, I could see A. Yeah, because I'm thinking ahead. I I would I would be happy with a like a low A tier. Okay. Because of what's coming out later. You because know, as like, well, this is like the best of these iPods because it got a color screen. Yeah. All of the buttons are integrated into the into the click wheel, right? Like it's all there, you know. Yeah, and the fourth generation iPod is not on this list. Like the the plain fourth generation iPod. That's at least maybe it was just like the year I was in college. It's the one that took off. Like there were so many fourth gen iPods running around and this was like a better, mm. cooler version of it. So yeah, A, a yep. tier works for me. All right. Yep. Up next okay. we have uh, Federico's beloved iPod fifth yes. generation. So yep. same basic design, but a little bit larger screen, uh, higher, higher resolution, higher contrast screen, and you could sync TV shows, movies, that sort of thing from iTunes over to it and watch, you know, The Office on a tiny little iPod while you were supposed to be listening in class. Now, this is S tier for me. And also it had the flat, the top of its flat, which I yes. like too. 
Yes. It's not rounded. And this is an easy S tier. Yeah. S tier. It was also yeah. the this first is... full-size iPod to come in black, which is really cool. I yeah. agree. This is this is the peak of the yeah. the full-size iPods. This is the best this is the best big iPod. Yep. Like, yeah. Sorry, iPod Classic, which is next. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> so the iPod Classic comes out in 2007. It is revised a couple of times and eventually pulled from sale seven years later in 2014. It came with a metal front. So up until this point, all the full-size iPods had white plastic fronts of various, you know, tweak designs. This is anodized aluminum, silver and black. They looked really cool. They were also much thinner because the hard drives had come a long way. You could get like 160 gigs, I think, was the biggest classic they sold. But... At this point, you know, we're we're getting pretty close to, uh, well, September 07 when it came out, we are in the iPhone era. And mm. this is sort of the last hurrah. It also lasted too long like the iPod Touch did. For me, I think this is B tier. Like, it's B-tier. pretty good, mm-hmm. and the capacity goes a long way, but it didn't really add anything to the lineup. I would say it's a charitable B tier, but I would be happy with B tier. Yeah. What I don't like about this iPod is the fact that they ditched the plastic on the front. They they should not have done that, in my opinion. Like making yeah. it aluminium on the front, I think was a bad move. Yeah, I mean, this, this is iPod. about the time, like in 08, the iMac went aluminum. Like they were kind of moving away. So I, I get why they did it, but it did lose some charm, I think, when they went to the aluminum. Yes. All right. Up next, we have the the iPod Mini. The first one came out in January '04. The second generation came out a year later. This is the first time we got a, a, an additional iPod, right? It had just been the iPod itself. Now we have the Mini, a little bit smaller, uh, actually a lot smaller physically, but still had a hard drive. Uh, and it was the first iPod that was sort of a fashion accessory because it came in, initially it came in green, blue, pink, gold, and did I say green? There are five colors, I think. The gold one ended up going away, but you could get it in color. That was color. a bad color. Was, the gold was a bad color. It didn't look good. Extremely popular for its smaller size. It's it's fashion stuff. And Mike, you mentioned earlier this was your first iPod, so where would you put this? Oh, come on. S-tier. S-tier? Yes. iPod mini S-tier? Yes. I think A. Oh, what? Just Come because uh, because the Nano did its job way better two years later. So? There can be more than one iPod in the S tier? I vote A. Oh, you're killing me. What do you think, Federico? iPod, I don't really remember the iPod mini. See, I've, now we've got like an unreliable narrator making the decision. Okay, you know what? No, I mean, I, no. I, I, I'll, I'll let you have the S tier if Federico's good with it. I'm good with it. I just think it's a very generous S tier. It is. That's an emotional S tier. I will say it's bottom of S tier. This is bottom of S tier for yeah. sure. <laughs> but like, it, like I tell you, my my argument for the iPod Mini is I think it was the first iPod that like it really broke through for a lot of people because it was cheaper and it was colorful. I think it, I think it walked so the Nano could run. Like, I think in a lot of ways, and this being one of them. So just as a reminder, we, we will, this this will be in the show notes for you, but we are currently participating in a uh, Zoom screen share. So Stephen, can you please pause that auto-playing ad? Because it's 
driving uh, me mad. Yeah, done. thank you so Sorry. much. It's <laughs> like some sh- raid Shadow Legends ad just playing on a loop. For, I've been looking at it for the last ten minutes. Yeah, sorry. Um, you know, the, the other thing about the iPod Mini, it's where the click wheel was introduced. Before this, they had not combined oh, the on. wheel and the controls. And if you remember the click wheel, it like indented. It's so like if you hit forward the whole wheel kind of rocked to the right yeah and that would show up on the on the big ipod six months later but it was introduced here and so that that is obviously a huge uh, a huge thing in its favor up next we have the first ipod nano this was in the uh the fall of 2005 apple very famously steve jobs like the ipod mini is the most popular ipod it's the most popular music player on the planet we're canceling it and doing this iPod Nano, uh, two gigabyte and four gigabyte in size. But the big story here is right that it was using flash storage, and Apple actually bought up like most of the flash storage on the planet about this time to build these things. Absolutely tiny. It came out of his little like coin pocket on his jeans. Mm-hmm. Came in white and black, so a little less colorful than the Mini, but a really big step forward in terms of. Uh, just the future of the industry, right? Moving these things. I mean, the the rest of the iPods in this lineup we're going to talk about. There's no spinning hard drives, and that all started. That all started here. Who's going to throw the first? I'm going to say S tier, or I could see an A tier too, though. Hmm. So a, a couple of things that ding the first Nano. There was a battery recall that lasted years. And the the front and back were both really susceptible to scratching. Uh-huh. And if you had the black one in particular, it would look like hot garbage after a couple of years. So I think I I think I'd go A tier just because the quality maybe wasn't as good as it could have been. I would have said S tier for this. The Nano is obviously really important. It's my favorite Nano. Hmm. Interesting. I think in design, like in I think this might be like in looking back on the designs. I think it was my favorite. I think like I just I I love the nostalgia of the white and black plastic, right? As I've already mentioned. Yeah. I don't remember necessarily how I feel about them like at the time. I I know the scratching thing, but again, like when I look back at it, I kind of love that it did that and and it was the 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 absolute shock at the thinness of mm-hmm. that device. But uh I would I would be very happy with a high A tier for this, but I I would have put it in S tier, but A tier works for me too. Yeah, I think A tier is right. And I'll say, like, for those reasons you mentioned, Stephen, that, like, it was an imperfect product at the time um, that I'm sure caused frustration. Up next, we have the second generation iPod Nano, came out a year later. Same basic design, but now anodized aluminum, came in a whole bunch of colors. I mean, this color list, uh, silver, green, blue, pink, product red, and black, I really like this Nano for a totally sentimental reason. So when I, uh, yeah, so I was at the Apple store when these were on sale for like the holiday season, like Christmas 06. So I sold a bunch of them, but I bought one for Mary, a green one as like my first like nice gift to her. Um, and she used it for years and uh, and so I've always liked this second generation Nano because it preserves like all the good stuff about the design from the first one, but it adds colors and and I think it you know it holds a special place in my heart. So I kind of want to go like 
maybe A or B tier. It didn't really add much to the Nano experience in terms of technology, but it made it more fun, I think. So what do y'all think? A tier works for me for this as well, just because it's so similar to the first gen, but it adds color and the new finish. I'll, I'll be fine with A tier for this. Okay. Up next, we have the iPod Nano third generation. We're now 2007. This had a two-inch diagonal uh, LCD. So to accommodate this, uh, sometimes you hear this iPod like called uh, like uh, like the squashed iPod Nano or like the the squatty one. Uh, it looks like a little iPod classic. Like the proportion is not tall and skinny. It's kind of short and stout. The colors are a little bit more muted in this generation. There's a, a bit fewer options, but it played video. Uh, so if you wanted to watch Pirates of the Caribbean at two inches across on your iPod Nano, great, you could. I don't like this Nano. I don't like this iPod Nano. It's so <laughs> ugly. It's so ugly. I'm sorry. I know that there are people that are going to be so mad about this, but this is... It's the worst iPod... It's the mm, It's the second worst iPod Nano. Mm, it's not the worst. It's not the worst. So for that reason, I would say C tier. Yeah, I think because there are, I think, multiple worst Nanos. Yes. Okay. Yes. Uh, this has to be C tier, because otherwise this is going to be like a graveyard of iPod Nanos at the bottom. Yeah. Got it. C tier. Yeah. yeah man. What were they thinking? Such a weird... Does this one at least preserves some goodness? Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> well, because yeah. There's, there's, a, there's some stuff incoming with the next ones, so I just want to make sure that Buckle we... Buckle up. <laughs> yeah. But it is, it, it is kind of shown out, and like Apple went in this direction and then immediately went back with the next one, right? Like, they're like, whoops, sorry. And these nanos are all like back-to-back, year-to-year, for a while yep. so like you know they knew immediately this one wasn't as successful mm-hmm. uh up next we have the fourth generation ipod nano came out in september of 08 this is the nanochromatic ad so um silver purple blue green yellow orange pink product red and black loads of colors very vibrant colors and the screen is taller it's still two inches, but it's like tall and skinny as opposed to the other way around on the previous generation. This is like a return to form, but even better. I give I I would put this one as B tier. I think it's like not as special as the early ones, but it's way better than the previous one. Well, you see, now we've entered a problem. Mm-hmm. I think we have to have a nano in S tier. Oh yeah, we we will. Ooh, if I was to give an S tier, it would be this one. No, Ooh, I'll, wait. Uh, because the other one, this is like to me, it's the best Nano. This is my favorite Nano. Okay, Federico, make your case now. We're gonna have really different feelings about an upcoming Nano than. Ooh, that's gonna be a problem. I bet. <laughs> this is B tier for me. There's nothing special about it, and it's also like, yeah, it's small, multiple colors. Like it would be a very generous A tier for me, but honestly, I could see it in B tier. Okay, well, I'm struggling because for me, <laughs> the only S tier Nano is the original. <laughs> yeah, which we like, gave an A to. What? Yeah, because I think I went out of Nano season. Federico, I think we need. What do you think is an S tier iPod Nano? <laughs> the watch like one. No. no, that's you're in. You're, no, you're, what? You're a, you guys, yeah, that no. Nano was incredible. No. I had multiple no. friends All right, who wore one. We'll, we'll, get, to watch. we'll, get, to we'll get to it. We'll get to it. I just needed to, I needed to calibrate. <laughs> I needed to understand where we were leading towards. Okay, could we 
kind of come in the middle and give this one an A and give put it next to the other two nanos that are already in A tier? Yeah. Okay. The fifth gen, again, just a year later, we're now in September of 2009. Same form factor. The screen's a little bit taller. These are super glossy, though. So a similar color range. I think they got rid of the yellow, maybe. I'm trying to scan this list. Is this the one with the camera? Yes. So super glossy finish. And it has a uh, it has a camera in the back that Apple was like, flip cams, we're going to put him out of business. And so this shot, let, let me just read these specs to you. 30 frames a second, 640 by 480 H264 video. C2. I agree. Weird idea. Uh, and I don't like the finish. The finish is too shiny for me. Okay, so now we got to talk about this thing. <laughs> yes, this was inc- an incredible device. In the fall of 2010, oh my god, oh they my introduced god. so there's a, so the iPod Nano slowed down a little bit now. You know, a little more time. They released the sixth generation iPod Nano, no click wheel. This looks like a shuffle. It's basically square. In fact, it has <laughs> a perfectly. Uh, I think the screen is perfectly square, 240 by 240 pixels. It does not run iPhone OS but it looks mm-hmm. like it does. Yes. The physical physical controls are still there, so you can still uh, have your... Um, you still have buttons to control uh, the volume and, you know, sleep-wake and stuff. But all the mechanics were touchscreen. I... I'm just going to say it. I hate this iPod. What? It is weird. <laughs> it was not very... It was not easy to use on the go. Like... People ran with these. Why would you take the buttons off of it, Apple? This is S tier. It no, looks oh my it's god. incredible. Oh my god, Federico. I'm so sorry, man. Oh my god. I'm so sorry, guys, my friend. You guys hate fun. That's why you don't like this iPod. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, Steven, there's no need to open your own video about that. Look at that thing. Look how beautiful it is. Federico, I'm so sorry. Oh, this is unprecedented. This is unacceptable. This is this what? is D tier for me. This is this is a bad. Okay, all right. You know what? I didn't own this product. Okay, so I can't speak to its usability. I did. I tried making a watch out of it, yep. which was bad. I I, I I can't. It was beautiful. It was so pocketable, and you could clip it to your jeans or something, and you could listen to music, and it fit in any pocket, and it almost looked like an iPhone, but it wasn't really an iPhone, but it had a touchscreen, and it was colorful, and there were a bunch of weird, wild accessories for it. I honestly don't know how, how you guys can dislike it, or, to quote Steven, hate it. I, wow. I have no feelings about this product. How is that possible? I mean, just look at it. I never owned one. I would say C tier. I could go C tier. Yeah, C tier. Sorry, Federico. He's devastated. There's always there's always hurt feelings in a tier list, a group tier list. There is. You know, I'm still sad that the Nano is A. I I think the original Nano should be S. And my beloved third gen is a C. So we were all we all have hurt feelings. Yes. Yeah, in 2012, Apple introduced what would be the final iPod Nano. Uh, this, <laughs> it kind of combines the previous two. It's tall and skinny again, but it has a 2.5 inch, uh, 240 by 432 pixel display. <laughs> the home has a home button. Uh, the home button has a round glyph on it and all the app icons are round. So as not to confuse you thinking that this is a tiny iPhone, 
came in a bunch of colors. I think the colors changed a little bit over time because they sort of had like a, a mid-cycle refresh on this. Only came in 16 gigabytes and it had Bluetooth. So you could like hook it up to your car or have uh, Bluetooth headphones or something. I think it's it's the only Nano, I think, with Bluetooth uh, on board. Kind of a weird one. You know, it takes a lot of the ideas of the previous one, I think makes them better. It also has giant volume buttons on the side because I think they even said in the keynote, like I haven't watched this one in a long time, but like, yeah, like if you run with it, you just want to like hit the volume really quickly. And so they kind of walked back a little bit of the sixth gen with this, but um, definitely a weird one. And and the last one, you know, this this was taken down for sale in 2017. This was the end of the Nano Jeez, line. Yeah. We don't have a D tier. There is no D tier. Well, whatever that last tier is. You mean is, U? I don't want to say that. It's I don't want to say it's silly. I just want to call it D tier. Why don't you want to say U? I could live with that. It's it's definitely a very it's a it's, oh, it's I don't a, think anyone loves this the way Federico loves the sixth generation. This iPod makes nobody happy, right? Right. Exactly. People that want buttons, it doesn't have enough of them. People that just want screen, there's not enough of that because they put buttons back on it. Yeah, it's not clippable. Right, it's not like ultra portable, but it's got it's got Bluetooth. Ah oh, well, woohoo! I mean, by that point, anyone that wanted to play their iPod in their car had worked out another system. Yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah. All right, so bottom bottom of the list. Yeah, so, I mean, it's, I don't even remember this one exactly. <laughs> Honestly, mm. yeah. We're now gonna go back up to many years previous. Go back to January of '05 with the first iPod Shuffle. If you've never seen this, picture a USB stick and put a tiny click wheel on it. Mm-hmm. Pack of gum. That's what I used to call Pack it, right? Pack of gum. Yeah, do not chew iPod Shuffle was a warning on the mm-hmm. website. Mm-hmm. Steve Jobs was very excited about this. They built the whole product around the day of shuffling your music, even though you could just play a playlist straight through. No screen, wild battery life. It The end of it was literally a USB-A port, so you could just plug it straight in. It came with a lanyard, so you could wear it around your neck if you wanted to. I think if you look at the history of the shuffle, clearly this idea wasn't it, right? Because all the other ones were much smaller and had clips. Get out of town, man. No, this is S tier. Yes. Come on. Federico. Come on. Oh, my God. I I thought the best I was going to get was an A tier out of this. Oh, I love you. This is by far the best design for this thing. Yes. It was incredibly light. It, you could buy a lanyard with it. Yeah. And you know what was even better, especially it was perfect for me at the time? I, you could also use this as a USB stick. You could you put your coursework on it at school. Yeah. All right. Oh, I love this thing. I have my original, but it doesn't work. And it and I'm so sad about I that. I was going to go B, but you two are uh, very excited about this. So This is the best idea that they made for the shuffle, I think. And then it just got worse. It just got, it got worse. worse. Yeah, much worse, worse later there. on. There's definitely a worse one coming up. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> In fact, when we get to that, I have a proposal to make, but let's wait a second here. Yeah. It's, it's September of 06. The second generation shuffle came out. Uh, $79, which is cool. Pretty cheap. Clippable. It's not square. It's kind of rectangle and the controls are offset on it. And like the previous one, it had kind of two button, two ranges of buttons so you could shuffle or play all the way through and uh, came in silver, blue, pink, green, and orange. Uh, had a little dock because it synced through the headphone jack. They put like an extra ring in there for something to like move data across. It was pretty wild. I really like this shuffle. I had one for a long time. I think out of the remaining shuffles, 
it's uh it's pretty awesome i i, I want to give it an a but what do y'all think h uh b or a for me i want to tell you where i am okay yeah <laughs> which is c tier what wait because there is a later one which is clearly better than this yeah i disagree i think this is i think this is peak shuffle no, no. No, we already established that that was the original one. I think we got to do B tier and then we can give A tier to the Okay. I could live with one. that too. Right. The reason is B-tier. like this is a cool design, right? Mm-hmm. But like the, they they ultimately landed on the perfect design for this this thing. They have the perfect one coming up. Up next we have the third generation iPod Shuffle. Let me pitch y'all an idea. What if you took the iPod Shuffle? Oh, and we should say, too, there were, like, several different revisions of the second gen. It came in, like, 15 colors by the end. My dream is to collect all of them at some point. I think it'd be fun. Anyways, let's take the iPod Shuffle that's been for sale for a couple years. Let's keep the clip. Get rid of all physical controls. You're going to talk to it, and you're going to use little buttons on your headset so it's incompatible with your other headphones. What do you think? Easy you tier one yep. of the worst apple products apple has ever made amen and they even made a stainless steel one they did which was really expensive because right? of this are we sure we want to give that final ipod nano the u the u tier like it because this is so much worse <laughs> right i love this i love this late game pitch here this is good i mean is that ipod nano as bad as this ipod shuffle and I also kind of like the mess the message we're sending that there's a single one really bad bottom tier device, and this is it. It's that iPod Shuffle. I will say I I do not think that that Nano is as bad as this. Exactly. Right, because this iPod was barely usable. Yeah. Where the other iPod is just ugly, and I would say. I think we could move that last nano to C tier. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Okay. And the the buttonless shuffle lives alone in hell at the bottom. The tier of shame just yeah. for the third generation iPod yeah. shuffle. Yes. I mean, what were they thinking? It's, yeah. it's weird, man. It's super yeah. weird. This is like when the Apple Pencil would charge by putting it into the iPad. Like, why? No, I will not accept that argument. No, That's, that was They silly. did the best they could with what oh, yeah. was available to them. Just like time. charging the magic mouse, right? Same deal. The magic mouse charging is stupid. Yeah. That's U tier charging. That's yeah, but like I would say that the the uh, Apple Pencil is C tier when it comes to charging. Mm-hmm. Anyway, the last one is the iPod Shuffle fourth generation. Steve Jobs said, "Hey, turns out people like the buttons." And so it's like the second gen, but it's square. They were able to like shave down the sides a little bit. Uh, came in a bunch of colors over the years and uh, was $49 for two gigabytes. So really cheap at this point. And this this stayed on sale through various colors uh, for seven years <laughs> from September 2010 all the way through the summer of 17. A tier. A tier. Yeah. Okay. It's the final form of the iPod Shuffle. Yeah. So. Yeah, I guess I, I can see like, what y'all are you saying. You could still like, sell this today. You could still sell this iPod today, I think. Yeah, I wish they would. Buy it. Yeah. Uh, um, did, didn't you see like a while back the TikTok of that girl who found yeah. an iPod Shuffle in their parents' drawer and she thought it was like a like a hair accessory or something? I think that that's the other one, though. 
The other one? I think one? it was the oh, second okay. gen, yeah. yeah. Oh, the second gen, okay. it was okay. more like a clip, right? I kind of get the vibe... And I see it now that y'all say it, right? Like, the second gen, they wanted to build the fourth gen. They wanted yes. it to be square, but they couldn't mm-hmm. quite shrink it down enough. Yep. And so it's kind of like the iPhone notch there on the side of the shuffle. It's just also weird to me, like, that the controls are all on one side. That feels like a like a hardware design limitation, that there's not enough space, right, to put it all in there. Maybe. Um, so considering we have spoken about the iPod Touch, it's not on this list, but do we want to like just add the iPod Touches to this list? I think we could maybe pick the first one and the last one. Yeah, we can just say them. Say them. We're just going to say them, all right? These aren't going to be on the list because we didn't create this tier thing. Original iPod Touch S tier. I agree. Obviously. S tier, for sh- without shadow of a doubt. And then the newest one is the C tier. <laughs> it's like, you know, I feel like it's really yeah. easy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and it kind of fell through B on its way. Like, I think... Yeah. Because uh, they had stainless steel backs and they went to like a, a slightly bigger screen and then they added the, you know, the one with the wrist strap. Like, those are kind of B. Like, it was still... For a while, the, uh, you know, there would be times like the iPod Touch would actually be faster than the iPhone or have some feature the iPhone didn't, but it definitely fell through the ranks over time. So started as S tier, ended in C tier. Mm-hmm. All right, that's our list. Please have got that out of the way. You got to give me you gotta give me a B tier for that iPod Nano. I am going to say... Come on. I, I don't think all those Nanos should be there together. I think one of them has to break out. I still think a Nano deserves to be an S. So I think the OG Nano should move to S tier. I would give S tier to the original iPod Nano despite the issues because it was the first iPod Nano. Yeah. And I remember a ton of them, like in real life. Yeah. More than the iPod Mini, actually. Maybe because I was too young. I don't know. And so because Federico gave but me the that. the weird one. Give me the B tier. Give me the B tier for no, the weird I, one. I cannot abide. I cannot oh, abide. Oh, you got that. the B tier. Oh, no. But now we've got two votes now. B tier. It's done. B tier for I the weird one. I got what I want. So uh, B tier, B tier, B tier, B tier. I hate it. Hey. Yes. Hey. We did it. Yes. Uh, this feels better balanced to me. Okay. <laughs> all right. There's a screenshot of all that in the show notes you can, can go check out. Except the iPod touches, you have to use your mind palace to add those in. That's right, because we don't know how this website works. So. <laughs> it's impossible. This episode of Connected is made possible by NetSuite. The CFOs that get it, get it, and those that don't, don't. So let's talk about the CFO, your company's chief financial officer. Today's CFO is critical to the strategy and success of your business. And in growing companies, there are two kinds of CFOs. The one who's struggling to keep up, spreadsheets are everywhere, lots of manual processes going around, errors, lack of visibility. It takes weeks to close the books. The other kind is on top of their game. Automated reports, inventory, e-commerce, and HR all flowing into the financial model seamlessly. Insights coming with just the click of a button. With visibility and control of your financials, inventory, HR, planning, and budgeting, NetSuite is everything you need to grow all in one place. That's why NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system used by over 29,000 growing businesses. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system to power your growth as well. You can automate your processes and close your books in no time while staying ahead of your competition. 93% of survey businesses increase their visibility and control after upgrading to NetSuite. Over 29,000 businesses are already using NetSuite. Join them by heading to netsuite.com connected for a special one-of-a-kind financing offer. That's N-E-T 
S-U-I-T-E, netsuite.com slash connected. Our thanks to NetSuite for their support of the show and Relay FM. It is time to look back on iPadOS 15 as we continue in our series here leading up to WWDC. So we're going to take a look back at some of the features that we received in iPadOS and uh, see how they've aged a year later. Uh, the biggest things added to iPadOS 15, uh, especially that were unique to it, were multitasking changes. Uh, so uh, I'll run through these real quick. Or B tier at best. <laughs> <laughs> Federico's right. entire review next year will be a tier list. Oh, man. It's going to save me so much time. That's the entire, every feature ranked on a tier list, all done. Uh, I'll run through these real quick, like all of the changes, and then uh, Federico, I'm sure you will have a couple of things that you will want to point yes. out. Yes. Um, so we got a new menu, so the little kind of like pill menu that sits at the top behind the three dots that was added, and it, it basically just allowed you to more easily access some uh, multitasking options without needing to resort to gestures. Um, when you now try to open a split screen, there's no kind of app picker of any kind. You now would just shown the home screen, tap another app, and it will replace the left or right hand screen or left or right hand side or whatever. So this is, a, this is probably the best form of uh, how to enact a split screen that Apple's done so far. Maybe uh, swipe gestures to activate split view. So you can like on that little pill menu that I was talking about, you can drag that down onto the side and it would do the split view thing for you. I totally forgot this existed. <laughs> I totally like I remember I, and I remembered it now when you when you're describing it, like even when I read it in the document, I was like, wait, what, what gesture? <laughs> yeah, I came across this accidentally recently as a reminder uh the everybody's favorite center window oh my god was added oh yeah that thing you're right <laughs> we love yeah. a center window used by all the best ios apps yeah mail and notes uh the shelf mm-hmm. oh, the ability yeah. to create split views in the multitasking app switcher i had forgotten about this no i do this all the time thing yeah. you could do yeah, i'm nice. sure you do uh, and the fact that now pretty much all of these things are accessible via keyboard shortcuts with the help of the new globe modifier key. Mm, well, they're still not doing enough, though, because it's still very... Like, one of my wishes for the next version is, uh, which is something you actually wished for on Cortex many, many, many years ago, mm-hmm. being able to create split views quickly from the keyboard, from Spotlight. Just, you know... Search, open, uh, put to the left, put to the right, do it all from the keyboard. That's still not possible. I mean, what? I yeah. realized I find myself still mostly using the old school system, like drag and drop. Drag and drop. Yeah, me yeah. too. Yeah. When I and do it, I, <laughs> which is not yeah, very often on my iPad mini. I don't think it's best. Uh, but it's what I still do. Honestly, for me, one of the ways that this has been aided is the app library. Like, I am an app library user for my sins. And <laughs> I drag and drop apps into split view using the app library if it's not in oh my, my dock. Oh my God, this is a nightmare scenario for me. <laughs> app library into drag I and know. drop for multitasking. I am oh doing my God. everything the wrong way here. Oh like, my this God. is not the best way to do any of this. But it is. it does tend to be what I do because I forget about the buttons and the like... The, the swipe gestures for split view and stuff. So I'm still so, trying to like hmm. find the icons. 
I feel like we fall into the category of users. I mean, obviously, we are power users of these devices. But I think we, the three of us, we can only work with the extremes of iPadOS here. Meaning, either you let us do everything from the keyboard, or we're going to use the most touch-based version of this that exists, and that is the drag-and-drop method. Like, I think the three of us, we only prefer the extremes, which is why we're still using the drag-and-drop way. Because now we know that, and I mean, once you get it, it's super fast to use. And with the multitasking menu, they were obviously trying to target those average users or users who are confused by the, how drag and drop worked for multitasking and so they're giving them an interface to manage that which is fine uh i mean that menu should be expanded in the future should have more options mm -hmm. but it works and obviously the gestures are kind of hidden but that's always been a problem of ipad os uh but really the main problem here i think uh there's a bunch of things that have really really haven't made an impact Center windows. I haven't seen center windows in any third-party applications, honestly. Yep. The shelf uh, is just a the shelf pointless thing. It's just, just the shelf is a bad window manager. Yeah. Honestly, uh, it doesn't like doesn't even support the functionality that the previous window manager, which was labeled expose, I think, um, used to have, which is the the old method, the iPadOS 13 and 14 window manager, allowed you to restore a window you had accidentally closed. And if you accidentally close a window from the shelf, there's no way to bring it back. There's no undo button, which I don't understand. And the window previews are too small. It's confusing how you can activate the shelf in multiple ways. I don't like it. And it's a shame that they have wasted the respected shelf name for something like this. Uh, but anyway, uh, I think... There's a couple of things that haven't really made an impact here, and there's still a big problem for keyboard users, which is it, it's still it's still not as efficient as macOS, honestly. And obviously, we want more, right? Uh, mm -hmm. More split view options, more split view sizes, uh, three apps on screen at the same time. Why not? Uh, Putting Windows on external monitors. Why not? So I think we will see the multitasking menu grow this year. I don't think they will replace it. I think they will continue, if they're going to do anything, until I think they will continue to build upon this design. I think to, to build on a little bit what you're saying about the three of us as users, I think the reason that I never changed the way that I did things is Apple never made me. Like, all of the ways that I have been forced to use multitasking in Apple's bad iterations of it in the past have just they've just stuck around because I can still do all of that and I had so many years of like especially through that terrible time of when like w when you would try but you'd have to try and create an app like but every time you did try and create a split view it would move all of your icons around like do you remember those years yeah right would it would put everything into jiggle mode if you yeah. wasn't fast enough yeah like I had to, you know, I got used to doing this over time. So, like, all of the ways that they've done, like, the button system is better, but I am not forced to use it. So, I just do things the way I've always done. Like, honestly, I hope that Apple create a better way to do this and then just get rid of the old one. So, I will be forced to use a better system. Like, I'm hoping, I think, that, that what you were alluding to, Federico, is like, under that three button is like, 
nine places to put windows yeah. right yeah like, boy and yeah and then i will and then i will use that because now we have got new functionality right like so i will get used to that system but in the current iteration it's just they only added new ways to do the old things and i was just too used to doing them the old way i mean if you had told us uh, even a few years ago hey the ipad <laughs> The iPad should do multi-window like Windows does. With Windows 11, they have all these preset yeah. layouts, and you can very quickly choose which one you want to implement. Like, just just do that. We got widgets on the home screen, and the Excel widget was added for iPad only. It's 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 a big big old widget. I do use a couple of them. I use three of them actually. I have them. I use them. They're fine. Uh, they're not interactive. Um, I would still like to get more sizes, but the Excel is good, and we've seen some developers do some really creative things with it, yeah. like Joe, uh, Timery Joe, you know? Uh, Timery Joe? Joe yep. Timery has done some really incredible things with the Excel widget, so, yeah, it's good change, good change. Um, I use Timery, Fantastical, and Carrotweather as Excel widgets. The Apple Calendar Excel widget is also very good, if, you, yeah, if you're good. into week view, yeah. Yeah, that is really good. App library. <laughs> I'm, the, I'm the user. I'm app library Stan over here. The, the <laughs> app library is is the app launcher for when you're drunk. You're like, oh, I need to use apps. Where are oh, my apps? Wait until I tell you. On my iPhone, I use the app library a lot. I have three home screens. Oh, my. So quite a lot of the time to launch apps, I go swipe, swipe, swipe. <laughs> oh just God. pull down and use spotlight <laughs> i do yeah. that too i do that too i don't know why but i've 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 i forced myself to use it during a time period so i could understand it and now i just use it all the time hmm. me and kate do the, the kate in the discord me and kate are the only you two, two people that use the app library you two are using you you two and craig for the rig i'm sure if <laughs> the app library passionate ones if you use the app library Send a tweet to at ISMH and at Vatici and let them know. You don't yeah. need to include me. Yeah. It's fine. Wow. You're going to get four tweets. So yeah. I mean, Twitter on my iPad is in the app library, so I'll probably just never see it. No, look, I only, I only opened the app library for two very specific things. The recently installed uh, category. Yes. Because that's a good way to remove apps that I'm just trying out from the app store. Yes. Mm. And the test flight category. <laughs> sometimes I install too many betas and I want to make sure that I delete the ones I don't use. Oh, they're all popping off in the Discord now. Nilian loves App Library. There's a red panda that loves App Library. Yeah, of course. No one believes you. No one believes you. Like, no one believes... Oh, Rasmus I use the App Library. No, I only believe you and Kate. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Everyone Kate, else is a liar. Yeah, because <laughs> I, I remember Kate saying they use the App Library like multiple times in the past. Mm -hmm. So they have a track record there. Um uh, I don't believe anyone else. I'm sorry. Quick note. Great idea, right? Uh, still kind of poorly executed, I think. Um, so quick note, you can swipe from the bottom right, bottom left corner of the iPad to quickly take a note anywhere on your device. You can uh, work with existing notes or you can create new notes and you can capture deep links from Safari or other compatible third-party apps. It's fine, but... It's not the, the big problem with it. I actually talked about this on App Stories a couple of weeks ago. It's not really cross-platform. So, right. for example, one of the greatest features of QuickNote, which I'm really surprised that Apple built, is you can take highlights in, on a Safari web page and save those highlights 
in a quick note. Close the quick note, and weeks later, if you come across that web page, the web page again, you will see the little quick note indicator pop up and say, hey, you actually took a bunch of quick notes here. And you tap that and you see those highlights in place on the page. It's incredible. Really, really nice feature. It doesn't work on the iPhone and it doesn't work on the Mac. <laughs> like if you're building this system for recognizing things you've highlighted in Safari so that they can be persistent over time, why is it not cross-platform? And this, and it's also kind of unreliable. Like sometimes the quick note doesn't actually come up, even though you you are sure that you actually took some highlights on that page. Mm. And the second problem: what if I don't use Apple Notes? Like what what if I use a, a different application for note taking? Right? Uh, why is this not swappable for something else? And the answer is well, there's no API for it. So I hope that quick note stays as a feature but I hope that it also becomes customizable or something that multiple apps can participate into, just like picture-in-picture. Picture. Like, imagine if picture-in-picture picture for video existed, but you could only use it in the TV oh, app. fair. <laughs> now everybody can use picture-in-picture, picture, and it doesn't matter. So I hope that they do a Quick Note API. It doesn't have to be... Obviously, Quick Note will remain the name of the Apple Notes feature. Call it floating mode, whatever. I don't know. Just make that something that third-party apps can use. You can submit apps to the App Store in Swift Playgrounds from the iPad. I mean, there there was a story that went around yeah. of somebody who had done that and all the issues that came with it and the limitations. Yeah, yeah. there have been a couple of, of uh, apps that have been created that way and some, you know, 9to5Mac picked them up, I think, with stories. Uh I mean, it's fine. It's a, it's a great first step, right? Obviously, it's not, it's not Xcode and there's a bunch of limitations. So... I want to believe this is something that will continue to refine because it needs a ton of work. Uh, and universal control? I mean, that's so, that's so new, we can barely talk about it. I mean, great, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's only been a couple of months. Uh, I love the feature. I think a ton of people use it. I, I think it gave a lot of people an opportunity to use their iPads more, right? Especially a ton of Mac users were like, oh, well, I guess now I can mm. put the iPad to the side and, and more quickly... F uh, use it or find a use case for it. Like, for example, the one through John uses the iPad next to his Mac as a sort of widget dashboard, which is yeah. a really clever idea because widgets on the Mac are terrible. So he's, he's using that off to the side with the iPad and using universal control to move between them. Really clever use case for it. I don't have anything else to say. It's way too soon to judge it long term, but I think it's really well done. Even though it took him a, a long time to actually ship it, but I think they've done a good job. I understand why this... I feel like I can understand why this feature took a while. Like, it seems really, really complicated to do right. Um, there's a lot of technology going on across multiple operating systems. Like, it did not surprise me that this one came late. Like, of all mm -hmm. the features introduced in iPadOS 15, this one seemed primed to be the one that would come out in the fall of the next year or whatever, you know? Yeah. Um, if at all. I, I thought for a while this was going to be one of those features that everyone tries to forget about. Uh, but they did ship it. Uh, obviously, iPadOS 15 as well got all of the things that we spoke about for iOS 15, like focus modes, notifications, live text, Safari changes. We already spoke about uh, Safari layout for the iPad last time. So that's iPadOS 15, right? I didn't miss anything, did I, Federico? Uh, I don't think you did, honestly. No, nothing major. There's little bits and bobs, like you can put more apps in the dock, but like, you know, 
no one's gonna. I think they've probably done. They've probably done more things with the pencil, um, and they have changed the, the grid layout, which a ton of people were upset about. Yeah, and I haven't really heard those conversations anymore. So I think people just get used to it. Um, Safari, it's worse, obviously, it's worse on the iPad Mini. Like if you're an so iPad bad. Mini user, you see it every day. Other iPads, you kind of just forget about it. Yeah, it's much worse on the iPad Mini. Obviously, there's the infamous uh, Safari design, which is now optional. And we mentioned last time how we wouldn't be shocked if it actually goes away this year. Like, I really... Again, now it's going to be the people, I use it all the time. Great. I think it'll go away within the next two years. If you do use it all the time, I'm sorry for you. It is the worst way to use Safari (laughs) of the two ways. Yes. Um which is, you know, they changed the default. Apple. I mean, somebody's got to call it, right? When some things are hor- we cannot just accept everything. Otherwise, we end up like, you know, with Linux or whatever. Some things are supposed to be nice and some things are not nice. And that's the job of it. Just to, just to, to if you're using compact tab view on Safari iPad, you are using the wrong version of Safari. Yeah, you're not a bad person. No. You just made a you've bad just, decision. You've been tricked. Yeah, you've been tricked. It wasn't you've been your duped fault. Yeah. By by Apple last mm-hmm. year. It's fine. I think that's iPad OS 15. Yeah. Overall, overall like like I think I I you know, in my conclusion from last year, it was like it's a good quality of life update. Um makes a lot of things easier for a lot of people. Doesn't really change the conversation or push the iPad into a new direction for existing Pro users. So the questions from last year are still unanswered. Like, why does the iPad Pro have an M1? What are you doing with the iPad Pro? What's your Pro story for Pro users? Uh, That narrative hasn't changed at all. Your only hope can be that this is a version of iPadOS that looks better in hindsight after the next version, right? Mm. That, like, you look back and you're like, oh, I see why they did the multitasking changes right. because iPad OS 16 moved it so much further forward. Mm. But my worry is I don't think that that's going to be the case. But They they generally don't touch multitasking two years in a row. And my, my fear is that it's going to be what it is this cycle as well. Like, oh, well, we added the dot thing, so we're good for a while. And I just don't think that's true. I think all three of us agree they need to push harder on this. But I I would be surprised if we see major uh, major changes there. Well, don't don't say too definitively yet. We've got a couple of weeks left before. I'm you not predicting. Do that. We can't do that. You don't want to do that. All right. If you want to find links to stuff we spoke about this week, head on over to our show notes. They are relay.fm/connected/397. There you can get in touch uh, via email with feedback or follow up. You can. Uh, also join Connected Pro, which is a longer ad-free version of the show each and every week. And uh, starting very soon, all Relay FM members will be uh, getting our annual specials. They're in the crossover feed. If you log into Memberful, you can subscribe to that. And uh, we have one coming out a little bit later in May. All the other shows are doing it as well. And so uh, now is a great time to join if you have uh, have not done that yet. You can find us all online. Mike is on Twitter as I-M-Y-K-E. He is the host of a bunch of other shows here on Relay FM. Federico is the editor-in-chief of MacStories.net, and you can follow him on Twitter at Vitici, V-I-T-I-C-C-I. You can follow me there as ISMH, and I write over at 512pixels.net. I'd like to thank our sponsors, Bombas, Indeed, and NetSuite. Until next time, guys, say goodbye. Arrivederci. Cheerio.
Bye, y'all.